This is the Military Bottom Line Podcast, episode seven zero. It goes by fast already, just being in the military, but being working towards your goals or being in school, it mm. goes by like twice as fast. But yeah. when you kind of like take a time and pause and reflect, you're like, you kind of feel good because you didn't only like progress in the military because you will, yeah. but yeah. you also progress on your own your own life goals. Welcome to the Military Bottom Line Podcast, where we learn from veterans and those currently serving how to make the most out of a military contract. We're here to motivate, inspire, and help you leverage your service to positively impact you professionally, personally, and financially during your military career and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. This is your host, Jason Birds. Being a little bit quiet right now just because my baby is sleeping in the next room. But I'm super stoked for you guys to be joining me today. I've got a special guest that I want to kind of concise into this week's bottom line. This week's bottom line is to always be taking classes. Nick has been a great example of this. He's been in the Air Force now for five years. He was able to finish up his undergraduate degree and is now like heavy into his master's degree where he has got a plan to really achieve and accomplish his goals that he had from day one of enlisting. So he has like, man, he's just been like making it happen and recognizes the cost of, you know, pursuing those goals and accomplishing those goals where he really just works and takes classes and that's kind of his life. But he's leveraging the benefits of tuition assistance, applying for FAFSA. He's even explained how he took the leap into using his GI Bill while on active duty and how he carefully considered the costs associated with doing that. And so I think Nick is a great example of how to use the benefits and the programs that are, are available to you while on active duty. And I think it's so important to use these programs as Nick and I discuss in order to prepare yourself for that time and that fork in the road when it comes to should I stay in or should I get out? And it's all about preparing you and keeping your options open and ensuring that you have prepared yourself and armed yourself with all the resources necessary to make that decision based on what you want and what's best for you and your family and not out of necessity to choose one or the other. So I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. Good afternoon, Nick. How you doing, man? Hey, how's it going? I'm pretty good. How about yourself? Doing well, doing well. I'm excited to finally connect. I know we've uh, had a couple attempts at this, and I know you're a busy man with work, school, and you know a regular life. So I'm excited <laughs> we can we can finally connect. Yeah, yeah. Likewise, yeah. It's been pretty hectic, but like you said, it's nice to finally connect, and be able to share whatever information I can. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm I'm looking forward to hearing your story. Uh, I like to kind of like start from the beginning and hear a little bit of a background about you know who you are, where you grew up, and, and what was your motive for joining the military in the first place? Oh, okay. Well, I'm originally from California, the Central Valley area. And um, after high school, I took the college route. So I kind of lived on my own, learned to survive that way. <laughs> but yeah. um, throughout my college experience, I kind of always wanted to join the military because I had a lot of, I have a lot of family in the military. My sister is in the Navy, brother-in-law in the Marines, cousins the Army. Mm. So I kind of understood what it was about, but it was just more about finally taking that step. And then like, I was just trying to 
balance the college party life and everything like that. So <laughs> <laughs> that kind of went on a hiatus. And then I finally, almost towards when I was going to graduate college, I decided to join and kind of um, get a taste of the enlisted life because I mm. ultimately wanted to go officer and a lot of people pushed me that way. And then I had actually did ROTC at San Diego State for like a year and a half. So mm. that's the route I had wanted to, to do. But then I just decided to kind of uh, let's just let's just do the enlisted side. Let's just get a taste of it so I can understand more of what the troops go through. Because I know there's always the stigma about officers, yeah, yeah. like just having <laughs> education, but not knowing what's going on. So yeah. that was kind of what I wanted to do with it. But then when it came to the education part, I was originally doing nursing. But then as I came in, I had to kind of transition my career a little mm. bit. Interesting. Interesting. So you you graduated high school, went to college. I mean, like in high school, is still a thought of the military. Like, did you know in high school that eventually you'd end in the military and you just decided to initially pursue the call, the uh, officer route? Or was that's it funny. in college that you were like, let's do the military? I didn't even know what officer was in high school. Like, cause um, I'm from fireball. So the only military personnel that we see that ever came to our school to recruit mm. was either the Marines or the army. So I didn't even know anything about the Navy gotcha. and the air force and coast guard, all that stuff. So it was more the enlisted side until like my family members and other friends that were in the military started to kind of tell me the other routes. Oh, you could be an officer since you're already almost done with school. And then that's when I kind of started to dive into the ROTC route and see what that was about. Gotcha. Gotcha. Right on. So how far into, cause I, I mean, it's, I, you know, I've talked to a lot of people that kind of, they start going to college and then like, they kind of realize like, you know, this kind of sucks in its own way. Let me, let me try out the military thing. So where were you in your college career uh, when you decided like, let's put this on hold and, and move on? I was like in my junior year, I took the slow okay. route to college because I was like always like I would go part time, full time, stuff like mm. that. Because trying to work and support yourself, yeah. um, being like a fresh out of high school, trying to pay your way through college and then trying to live in San Diego, which is astronomically oh, expensive. Yeah. yeah, I had to cut back on school. So I was kind of taking the slower route. And then I just ended up um, transferring to SDSU and doing uh, ROTC there for a bit. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So when you say that you had to like kind of reorient your, I mean, you were originally thinking nursing and then you joined the air force. Did you, I mean, did you decide like you no longer wanted to be a nurse or when you said you had to kind of change directions for your education, how did that look? Well, before I joined, I had worked like in the medical field, like at the hospital on the ambulance and I got like a lot of experience before. So that's all I ever known was the medical field. Gotcha. And then as I was about to join, it was kind of, um, do you want to do this maintenance thing? I kind of knew what maintenance was about. And everyone mm. kind of was like, when you ask for advice, they try to stray you away from like maintenance or security forces. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was kind of like already, oh, I just want to do it. This is not going to be a career for me. This is just yeah. something I want to go in. I already had mapped out all my goals. I was like, you know what? I can sacrifice this because I know in the long run, this is what, what I'm going to make of it, regardless mm. of what I'm doing for this enlisted job kind of Interesting. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I don't think we specified you joined the air force, right? You enlisted in the air force. Yes. I joined the air force in 2016, 2016. 2016. Oh, awesome. So it's not, when you say like you had your goals kind of plotted out, it's so like the job you had in the military didn't matter too much. Cause you knew what you were going into the military for. 
right? Yes, exactly. Like I already planned out like what I wanted to do with my education and like my career at the end of it. Cool. So walk us through that a little bit because I'm like, I know for me, you know, there was another guest a while back that said the military is for those that know exactly what they want and they're going to use the military to get it. Or for those that have no idea like what they want and they're just going to go into the military to like figure things out a little bit. So it sounds like you knew exactly what you wanted and you were going to use the military to get you there. Um, talk us a little bit about like how, you know, how you were coming up with those goals, how, what kind of homework were you doing to figure out like, was the air force going to get you where you want to go despite going in as maintenance? So a lot of that had to do with, uh, my social influences, like, like I said, having other people in the military and kind of telling me what to expect, which branches to join, what I wanted to get out of it. And what stood out to me most is I know people call the air force, the chair force, but I wanted, (laughs) I wanted the, the best of both worlds. I wanted to have my, my own kind of personal life, but then still the military. And I, from my experience, um, just kind of like mingling with other branches, the air force is a little bit more laid back. So you do, you don't always feel like you're in the military, like you have your downtime, you're away. So that's really what I wanted. And I figured that will give me the best chance to pursue my goals, but at the same time, still kind of serve my country and Mm. see if I want to make a career out of this. So that's what kind of helped me make the decision of which branch I was going to join. Because when I was talking to other branches, there was other ones that were going to give me better jobs in the medical field and better opportunities. But Mm. I would be losing a lot of my personal life having to like be away at ship or be deployed all the time where I can't even go to school. And like, I didn't want to do that to just have a job I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to pursue my goals. So I sacrificed doing a job I didn't want to do opposed to like taking something that was, I was already experienced in. Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a super good point. And like, you know, I remember when I joined, there was, I worked at a cafe when I was in high school and like this, this guy was, uh, I think he was an Air Force vet and he was like, always telling me like, join the Air Force, join the Air Force because, you know, it's like way better. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, they've got a pretty good thing going over there. Um, and it's one of those things that part of me wishes I, I listened to his, his advice. But like you, you know, n- you kind of doing your homework and talking to other people and knowing that the Air Force kind of like allowed you a certain amount of freedom to pursue your own goals where, you know, those that, you know, I guess it's often job dependent, but those that find themselves in the Marine Corps or the army, um, you know, often like work like crazy hours and go on fast ops tempo and rotations for deployments and stuff. Um, so, so, so far you feel like the air force has been a good fit for what you were pursuing. Yeah, so I'm I'm very grateful. I, I actually ended up choosing it because I was close to going to the Navy for the medical field, but mm. I just I just kind of did my research into what the maintenance field kind of entailed. And and quite honestly, I I got kind of lucky by getting stationed at Nellis because it's more of a training base. So I guess you other people that have been stationed and at other bases, they're accustomed to working twelve, fourteen hours and stuff like that at Nellis. We, it's not too it's rare you work that amount of hours but you do get them occasionally so it allows me to have more of my own personal time for like school and other things such as that gotcha gotcha um what i assume it's aircraft maintenance right yes it's aircraft maintenance. it's weapons i work weapons 
weapons uh like like fighter jets or yeah on fighter jets on 35s and i was on 35s that's what i came in originally for but once you get your five level they'll move you around because they want you to get experience on other airframes so i'm on 15s right now Mm. gotcha cool cool so yeah i mean so you 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 had a kind of i assume are you still pursuing medical despite kind of being in a different profession right now um, not medical per se, but still in the, in the hospital, in the mental health field, that's where I'm going okay. into because cool. just because medical didn't allow me to go to the nursing clinics and there's mm-hmm. a lot more labs that are involved. And gotcha. I know the air force has like nursing programs, yeah. but still they got to pull you away and then you got to take a bunch of tests. And then for doing that, they require a longer service for you being pulled away from the military. And I didn't know if I wanted uh, to to do that because I want to be able to have the say-so in my career when I finish my degree. I didn't want to work towards the end of my degree and then them still tell me what to do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So for you and, and your goals and like when you enlisted, how, like what level of education do you, do you need to accomplish to get, you know, your your dream job kind of thing? So for my dream job to commission, it's going to be a licensed clinical social worker. So okay. after I finish, uh, it requires a master's. Then after you finish your master's, you need two years of supervised um, mm. clinical experience after graduation. After you have your two years of clinical supervision, then you could take your, your test for your LCSW. Gotcha. And after you pass that, then you commission or you can you can commission. And it's it commission all, in the Air Force. Yes, but okay. I, I'm I'm open to other branches just because um, for I guess for social workers it falls under one of those specialty careers like under like uh, doctors nurses that requires a certain license to practice so mm-hmm. it's high it's more sought after so mm-hmm. um, the military is higher in demand when it comes to recruiting those kind of careers and I had already had friends that were social workers and in the mental health field and mm-hmm. uh, when I got my undergrad when I was in I had got it in. At National University in sports psychology, so I already got it in like something in the psych realm, and I just mm. chose to like build on top of that. And then by the time I got out, if I wanted to make an adjustment back to my nursing, I would still have my nine eleven to fall back on. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so I'm trying to remember. I had a conversation with another gentleman. What what's the specific what it for the military side of it? What's the specific name? Because it's probably slightly different than. The name for the social worker, the, the, uh, the job from, from my knowledge is, um, that's pretty much it (laughs) from when I talk to the recruiter and everything like that. It's just, you are a licensed clinical social worker for the air force. Gotcha. Gotcha. I was, uh, I was distracted because I was thinking of what this, uh, one other guy, it sounds like kind of similar. Um, I'm totally spacing what type of job it was a couple episodes back. Sounds like he was doing something similar. Um, oh, okay. so, so where are you in your pursuit of this program and, and how are you like, how are you funding it right now? Well, I just started my master's in January of this year. Okay. So since, um, I don't have my undergrad in, in, um, social work, it's a little longer process. It's normally for a full-time student about two years, but if you have your undergrad in social work, it's one year. But since I'm going to a public university, I'm going to UNR right now. I'm on a kind of a slower pace because 
with work and everything like that. So I take like yeah. about nine, three classes a semester. So about nine units. Okay. So I, I probably have like about, I should probably graduate if everything goes as planned, but like in the summer of 2023. Okay. That's not bad. And, yeah. and so you were able to use tuition assistance to finish your undergrad and then you're continuing to use tuition assistance for your master's degree, right? Yes. When I did my undergrad, um, I was in the dorms when I started off, but they actually mm. played into my favor because I applied for FAFSA. So yes. I was going to the private university. So my TA was covering completely all of my class expenses, but then I was getting max FAFSA on top of that, like just for laptops, books and everything. So yeah. that afforded me a lot of cushion to save up for in case once my TA ran out or something mm. like that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's something that I, I found out a little bit later when I was using TA is the ability to use TA and FAFSA simultaneously because um, basically you would qualify because you're living in the barracks, you know, yeah. young enlisted, like making like, you know, pretty much nothing <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. Exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah. So you are awarded the, the Pell Grant, right? Yes, yes. I was awarded the Pell Grant, but as as I started to make rank, even I was in the dorms, like it gets cut back significantly. Mm. And then when you move out, like, I don't think, I, I think I did still get it, but I was only getting like, a, like 1500 or something like that, opposed to getting the max for the Pell Grant. Yeah. But now that I'm going for my master's, I'm pretty much just using uh, fully my, um, I'm using my TA and then I'll pay the, the difference out of pockets for some classes. But mm-hmm. I just recently, I didn't want to use it, but I activated my uh, post 9-11 to just cover the, the remainder of the expenses just because I decided it's better to use it now for a few classes that I need and then mm-hmm those classes I'd be paying out of pocket, just save up some cushioning. So when I do get out, I don't have to stress out for finances. I'm trying to stay as liquid as possible. Definitely. Definitely. So talk a, a little bit about that in the dynamic where you were like trying not to use the post nine eleven, and you, you know, TA has a certain cap, but then like the school costs so much. So talk a little bit about how you're, if you're okay with it, like how you're doing the math behind those decisions, because you know, some people might just be like, Oh, I'll use my post nine eleven. And not really think about the ramifications of that decision while they're in, because there are some some ramifications, right? There's some opportunity costs there. Uh, so, yes, kind of talk yeah. to us about like, you know, h- how you came to that conclusion to go about that way. Well, at first, I was just weighing in, like I could just pay the difference for um, my my classes after the my TA would run out because I always run out every semester just because your graduate courses are significantly more expensive than your undergrad. And TA so, TA covers what is it forty. 40- what is it? How much? It's, it's, I don't know. They had, I know they took it away and then they re-upped it again. It's somewhere like around uh, 4000 or 5000 something. But they pay up to seven fifty per class. Okay. So mine are like 1000 something. So they'll pay seven fifty. Then I'll just pay the difference on that, mm. which I'm, to- I'm totally fine with doing that. And plus, like here in Nevada, you get like military. And then if you're a resident, your, your classes mm. for a public university are almost like $1,000, which is insane for graduate school. Yeah. So with those, I'll just pay the difference. And then if I don't pay, like if I run out of my TA or something like that, I would just have to pay out of pocket. But I was kind of thinking about it and I was like, yeah, I could, um, I could just activate my nine 11 and then I could just have that fully paid for. And then since I'm fortunate enough to, I own a house here in Vegas, so I rent out my room. So I I could pay that fully upfront, but it's like, would I rather just pocket that on the side? So when I did get out and say, 
for whatever happened, I wasn't able to find a job or something mm. like that. I would have a few grand saved up to give me some leeway or opposed to just having the 9-11 to activate and getting only like a thousand dollars a month for my housing allowance, which wouldn't be anything. Yeah. So that that's what kind of weighed in for me. Mm. And then plus, I already plan to do guard here. And then speaking to the one of the guard representatives, he said that it's a hundred percent free tuition. So I could still continue education if I wanted to. I wouldn't have to pay even activate my nine eleven. And then right now I was kind of breaking down the math that I could use maybe like twelve months and then I'll still have two years of to of my nine eleven and then I could get out and still pursue nursing through mm-hmm. the guard part time and work as a social worker and still have my nine eleven in my back pocket in case yeah. I wanted to go to yeah. school like in the Philippines or overseas or something like that. Yes, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So bef- before we get into the, the guard component, um, when using the GI Bill on active duty, what are you sacrificing? Like, Why was that? Why did you hesitate to, to do that? My biggest hesitation was just for the, <laughs> the housing allowance, because I'm not yeah. I, you can't double dip on that. And then mm-hmm. I'm from California. So uh, I wasn't sure if I wanted to go back home to live a little bit closer to family and then. Yeah. I always, I always wanted to go to San Jose State. Like that was one of my dream schools. And then mm. the te- the the housing allowance there is like four thousand dollars, almost five thousand dollars just for right. housing alone. Yeah, yeah. And then I, that's that's what, what I was so hesitant about it. But mm. then, like I said, I just had to weigh like would I just rather have more money saved up when I get out or have mm. to sacrifice some of my house housing allowance? But how I what was the deciding factor was I was kind of looking at jobs and seeing how much would I make when I got out. So yeah. it was more beneficial for me to activate it now and then have a secure, almost guaranteed job mm. and then still be able to go to San Jose state with like say my nine eleven or something like that and still get those two years while still working in a career that I want to do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So for those that aren't super familiar, like if you are already receiving or actually, regardless, like if you're on active duty, you don't get the BAH no. from from the GI Bill. And so even if you're like, you know, E2 living in the barracks, you know, you don't get BAH because you're living in the barracks. And so they look at it as like you're getting BAH because you're getting free housing. And so using yeah. your GI Bill is going to cost you whatever that BAH amount would be for your living area. So you're basically just covering. Yeah. <laughs> you still You still get the book stipend. And they still pay yeah. for the classes, right? Yeah, that's why I would recommend for anybody, just depending where you are in your career goals, I mm-hmm. wouldn't I wouldn't use it. The only reason I'm using it, like I said, is because I'm already going to be done with my degree. So it's kind of yeah. like extra money so I could make that sacrifice. But if I was mm-hmm. like, say, in my undergrad working on it, I definitely would not activate it because then I don't know if I'm going to move back home, how expensive it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to secure a job because I don't have no 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 degree or anything like that. But since I'm already have like my degree and potentially like one of my licenses, I, I won't have to stress about really finding a job. Yeah. So I can sacrifice those 12 months. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, I mean, you know, and I think that's just is the important part is that you're like forward thinking about how you're strategically going about using these benefits to make sure that you're, you know, set up to be, you know, marketably employed and, and doing well after you transition out. So, you know, if somebody else sees fit, that's the best option for them to use it while they're in and like, cool. Uh, but mostly just like, we're just trying yeah. to encourage them to like do the math and figure out if it's actually worth it. 
Yeah, definitely weigh, like I said, weigh all the pros and cons, what you want to do in life and what career. Yeah. Like, cause, uh, I mean, I, at least for me, how I see it is like, I never want to put my future career on hold if I don't have mm. to. And mm. like, for me, I'm just so close to the finish line. Who knows what opportunities uh, that could pass me up if I don't pursue it now? Like who I can meet at the hospital. If I get a GS job at the VA, like that could push me back so much longer. Mm. It's going to take me longer to commission. So it's yeah. just, I'd rather get the ball rolling with all that, start networking. And yeah. just, if I want to have those two years left or stay here and I pretty much will get free education, I'll yeah. have to work to support myself. But yeah. as I said, like I would already have a degree to find a job and still get the guard to pay for that. For sure. For sure. So you, you, you said like not wanting to put off your, you know, future career, your dream career any longer. Do you feel like joining the air force has caused you to put it off longer or like, has it been, has it made sense so far? Like for the trade-off for the time, you may be delaying it versus the, you know, fiscal cost and opportunity of it. I would have to say that it was an extreme blessing joining mm-hmm. the air force because when you're going to university as a civilian, like all the costs are on you. You know what I'm saying? Like you only get one shot to afford to go to school, depending on what kind of family or economic class you come from. So it's like, if you choose a career and you don't like it, well, it's kind Mm. of too bad unless you want to cough up another 50 to hundred grand, depending where you go to school. So being in the military, it kind of gives you flexibility to kind Mm. of dabble in different areas. So I, this one allowed me to totally transition from like the health field, to the men- to the mental health psychology. Mm. And then it pretty much was funded by the military. So, and then I got to see like, Oh, I like this a lot more and I still could do like nursing later on. So it allowed me to find more of what I enjoy yeah, and still be able to pursue, pursue my career in nursing. And when I got out or something like that, if I decided to, so I wouldn't yeah. say that it pushed back like my career mm. um, dreams or goals. I would say it just made me, start to think more, uh, a lot more broad and not be so scarce and be like, I got to do this to fund myself. And I only got one shot. Yeah. 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 Dude. I totally agree. I was, I was telling somebody a couple weeks back, like joining the military at a young age is almost like a cheat code. You know, like if the, exactly. if the goal is to go to college and like, that's what you need to do in order to get to where you want to go. Join the military is just like, I mean, it, it is a cheat code, like to be able to, you know, graduate debt-free have the flexibility to kind of be like ah you know what maybe this is the, the wrong route for me i want to go this route now and having you know not having the pressure of like you said like 50 to a hundred thousand dollars on your shoulders like oh yeah i picked it i picked a route i don't like but i'm it's too it's too late you know yes um, exactly and it's insane like even when i see some of the younger guys like not taking advantage of mm-hmm. it but then there is some of the younger guys and i kind of look back on them and i'm like dang these guys are well ahead of their peers they are over here making yeah. like around $40,000. They already got a house and they're starting school. They're undergraduate. Yeah. They have no debt. And then they're traveling to different countries. Yeah. I was like, yeah, they're, they're, they're doing it right. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's funny. Like, you know, for a while, like I thought I did it pretty right. And then, you know, you know, was a uh, comparison is the, the thief of joy kind of thing. It's like, man, like I was like, I think I, <laughs> I did this pretty well. And then I find out somebody else did it like even better. Like, dang it, man. I wish I, I wish I did it like a little bit more effectively. Like you did kind of, so, you know, don't compare yourself too much. Make sure you're just yeah. always working towards your own, uh, your own goals. But yeah, I mean, there's just so many opportunities. So totally agree with that. Yeah. 
And then some of the universities, even when I was like applying for like graduate school, I was like le- searching around, talking to other graduate students at those universities and stuff like that. Mm. And specifically, I was looking at USC because USC has an online one and they have a kind of specialty for uh, military social workers. And then I was looking at the cost of it. Mm. So those others, those other students that were going there were just for tuition alone. It's like one hundred and fifteen thousand for graduate school. But like for me, if I wanted to like say college chase and get out, I would have I would be able to go there and not have to pay a dime. Mm. and still get my housing um housing allowance of like three thousand something so it was like that's yeah. like a blessing in, in, in itself right there i was like oh my gosh i have the opportunity to go to this school and yeah. not have to pay anything it's crazy yeah it's it is crazy it's crazy um so you you said you signed up in 2016 it's 2021 now are you you're still in your first contract Yes, I'm still on my first contract. I'm in my last year now. If I get out, it'll be next year, 2022. 2022. Okay, so you'll be getting out shy of graduating your graduate program, right? Uh, Yes, if I get out. But I think I had kind of planned it out to where I'm going to extend and then do that extra Mm -hmm. six months. And then wherever I'm doing my practicum hours for social work, because I'll be in my concentration year, I'm going to try to um, do my um, internship at that at the VA hospital. And then by the time I do my practicum with my internship, I'm gonna try to land a job there since I already have the military experience, half a year of doing practicums there and doing my school there. Gotcha. I think I'll be like a well known face to have a good shot at getting a GS job. Yeah, for sure. So that's that's the ultimate goal is kind of a, a GS job in this field. Uh, yeah, kind of because I, I like I said, I want to come back in as an officer. So staying yeah. on the federal side, I could kind of roll my retirement in. And then by the time I come in, it still stays in line with the military and the federal side. Mm. Nice. Yeah. So you also talked about the guard within that. And so like, are you, are you hoping to commission in the guard in this job field? And see that that's where I was up in the air about yeah. it. Cause I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it part-time or just full-time. Mm. I, I, I'm not too sure what that, like as of right now, I want to do it full-time, but I was just going to do, part-time guard while I got my license. Cause like I said, after you graduate, you need um, two years of supervised experience and you can't commission without your license as a social worker. So after I separated from the military active duty, I was just going to go straight to, to the guard and then finish my two clinical hours and then commission either guard or the back into that active side. Gotcha. Gotcha. So within the guard, cause you, I mean, you said that school is free while you're in the guard, right? Yes. Yes. What program is that? Cause it's not like you get another GI bill. Well, not really. Like what, <laughs> what, what, what program enables you to go to school for free while in the guard? Well, since at least speaking to the, like the guard representative, since it's funded by the state and I guess mm-hmm. Nevada has a lot of money, they said that for their guard members, they get 100% tuition for school. Mm. So that's what they use. They don't use their 9-11. Some of them, yeah. some of the guard members use their Montgomery since they'll get more in their housing, but then they'll use yeah. their TA from the guard, which pays 100%. So he told me, like, even though I get out, as long as if I stay here and I want to just go to school for another degree, it doesn't even matter. That mm. I would be, that would be 100% funded. So if I wanted another master's or a bachelor's, they would pay for it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So I know for, you know, wh- one thing that people should know is that the guard, 
there are guard benefits that are state dependent. And so oftentimes yeah. the education benefits that are separate from like the already federal guard benefits you can get, there are state education benefits you can get. And so I've heard of states that, you know, like New Hampshire has the tuition waiver where you can basically go to any state school completely free. They just like waive the cost of tuition. Oh, okay. Um, and, and for you, maybe, maybe there is an actual transaction of funds, but for you yeah. in Nevada, you can go to any state school. Like it's free for, it's free for you. Who knows if it's free for everybody, but it's free for you. Yeah. To go to school. Yeah. I think it's if you did like, um, a, uh, your whole enlistment or say four years, mm. six years, whatever it may be. And then you come transfer over or palace front over, Gotcha. you pretty much automatically require because you did your time in service. Cause I know like some people, when they go straight guard, they can't even use their um, schooling till X amount of years in guard. Oh, interesting. But, okay. Yeah. But since like we already served and did our time, I think we're already automatically awarded that like mm. right off the bat. Interesting. Okay. So it's a, it's a guard specific benefit, but if you've done prior service before you go into the guard, you can get it sooner than if you went straight to the guard. Yeah, from my understanding of speaking with the um, gotcha. guard representative here. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And and so I think that that is something, you know, like if somebody's considering joining, like guard, active duty, reserves, like there's a lot, it gets like, it can get confusing for sure. And yeah. if, I think if you're like already thinking about guard reserves and you're kind of like on a, you know, state borderline, like you can drive two hours to go to the next state. To do homework and to recognize those differences between each state's benefits, you know, it might be worth driving two hours a month if you're getting tuition 100% free, you know? Yes, definitely. And especially they have like, I forgot what the program's called, but I know it's like um, designated to certain career fields, especially like security forces where you could do like two months out of the year and then you could, you could you want or live in another country because i was contemplating on switching over to security forces so i could so i wanted to go to school out the country and i spoke with them mm. and they had told me well they have a lot of slots for the program to like be able to live where you want in the world and just come back and do two two months of guard a year and you'll wow. be fine wow. and that's what i was thinking of doing i was like oh that's awesome because for weapons they only have certain amount of slots and those are like usually allocated to like the higher us master seniors chiefs but i guess yeah. for security forces they have a lot more for like airman staff, stuff like that. Interesting. Yeah. That's, that's super cool. I know. Yeah. Within the guard and reserves, there are, there are definitely unique ways to finagle schedules and stuff like that. But, um, you know, don't always like expect it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, earlier you, you mentioned something about palace chasing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Palace chasing. I was actually thinking about doing that going because they had a, they have a mental health for enlisted um, on the active duty side. And I was contemplating on doing that during my undergrad, but it would uh, um, require me to move to like Maryland or something like that. But um, I spoke with the squadron, everyone over there, and you just kind of talk to your in-service recruiter. They'll tell you where your job you're looking so for is available. What What is palace chasing first? Palace chasing is pretty much um, getting out once you reach like halfway through your enlistment. So if you're four at two years, six, three years, and then they require you to do, I think, um, double of whatever you have remaining on your contract. So you'd just be doing your one week in a month, but instead of doing your two years that you have left on a four year, you'd be doing four years of, um, 
guard or reserve. And it doesn't even have to be like active duty guard or active duty reserve. It can just be, you can drop to traditional guard and do twice as long as what you had left, but you are now a part-timer. Yes, yes. That is like, that's super sweet. I mean, (laughs) you know, if that's convenient for your life and part of, uh, you know, matching up your goals, uh, that is pretty awesome. But then I'm curious, like if you're signed a four-year contract, and at two years, you start to palace chase, but you need 36 months to get the GI Bill. Like, are you, do you still get it? The GI Bill? No. Or do you get caught I, I, I think you get to you use what you have served. Like, your two years, they kind of like prorate of what you can use up for that time of service. Yeah. And then as you're still doing your guard or reserve time, that time starts to accumulate. So it starts to mm. make up for the other 12 months. Okay. So there's potential cost to to taking that that out. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. But I would I would just double check with your in service recruiter on exactly how much you, how much months you're allocated for doing like part of your contract. Yeah. Okay. And so you you've you've looked into this route. What what if yes. somebody if somebody were to be interested in like okay I'm I'm over this like wait I can get out early. Um, you know what what, what route would you send them on? What's the kind of like a step by step of going about that um i think first would be just uh not anybody could qualify for it like you can't be on any, any like restriction roster you can't have like a failed pt test and trouble a lot like it they they make it more of a reward incentive for people that have been in good standing to yeah. actually do palace front or palace chase whatever it is so i would say the first thing to do is just kind of be real with yourself, like know where you stand with your military career. And then just mm-hmm. go talk to like every, I think every base has like an in-service recruiter or guard reserve, just talk to them and they'll like pretty much lay it down for you as what job do you want to do? Do you want to stay in your job? And kind of like, when are you looking to get out? Cause mm-hmm. from what I was understanding, at least for me, it was relatively simple to start the whole process and get it done. It's just, I was just weighing everything and it just, made more sense for me to stay in mm, yeah 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 you, i mean you covered a couple of good things there um one of them being like not everybody's gonna qualify you know and and i think you know there are so many programs in the military <laughs> yeah. but those programs are pretty much reserved for performers <laughs> you know exactly. like, you can't be a turd and then go apply <laughs> for all these programs and think that they're going to give it to you you know um, yes. So, so yeah, that's a really good point. Is to, uh, you know, you have to earn uh, being accepted into a program like that. Like if you're just, if you're just kind of not doing any work, and you're like, I'm, I'm over this. Let me palace front or palace chase. Uh, you know, I wouldn't count on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, but if I, if if I was further along, like say in my um, career undergrad or something like that and wanted to just start working, I would have definitely like palace chase like halfway throughout my career and just mm. like just kicked ass pretty much from like my two years, like stating getting yeah. awards, just stayed in good standing. So then it would be yeah. a smoother transaction. So it's it's nice to know ahead of hand if you want to like palace chase, because it'll be a lot, a lot easier opposed to mm. just uh, things are going bad. I'm getting in trouble. I want to get out because yes. more than likely they're not, they're probably not going to yeah. let you get out, especially when you're like in an undermanned field, like security forces or yeah. maintenance to where you're already like in trouble. You're on like certain lists and it's like, mm. no, <laughs> oh, you're not, you're not going to get off that easy. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. 
uh, how do you feel like, I mean, so basically you've been in school nonstop from oh, yeah. the beginning, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. that. Yeah. I've been in school pretty much nonstop. <laughs> how, how do you feel like that has gone and how have you balanced, you know, schoolwork, like three classes a semester is like, I mean, that's pretty significant. Yes. Uh, and plus working full time, plus trying to have, you know, a, a social life, own a house. And, you know, like, how have you been able to balance all those things? For me, just balancing it out was already kind of mapping everything out, like writing exactly everything down, how long it was going to take, how much time mm-hmm. I had in a day, and just breaking it down to like the steps of where I was going to be instead of just going off the top of my head and let me try this or let me try that. Yeah. But definitely like just starting school and everything. Like I knew I wasn't giving up a social life. Like I live here in Vegas. I have yet to have even went out to see a show because I do not have time except when we have like a two week gap from school, mm-hmm. which I'm in right now. But other than that, it's like, it's just work, school and sometimes gym. Right. <laughs> That's it. It's, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, but it feels good because when you're so busy, like mm. these past five years have flown by for me. Mm. Like it's ridiculous. Even when I think about it or, or to speak with my family, they were like, dang, you've already been in five years. I'm like, yeah, I've already been in five years. Yeah. So your time, it goes by fast already just being in the military, but being working towards your goals or being in school, it mm. goes by like twice as fast. But yeah. when you kind of like take a time and pause and reflect, you're like, you kind of feel good because you didn't only like progress in the military because you will, yeah. but yeah. you also progress on your own, your own life goals. For sure. For sure. Yeah. It's, you know, it's one of those things that when you say it's like goes by twice as fast because like you're busy, but then you're even more busy because you're like doing school and stuff. And like, you know, I don't know, just thinking about making sure like you're, you're taking time to enjoy process you know because yeah, yeah when the time does come to get out it's gonna be like man like that went by super quick what what just happened <laughs> what did i do <laughs> you know exactly exactly and especially like if, that's why it's good to kind of like if you already have your goals and everything mapped mm. out you won't come to the end of your enlistment mm. and be like a lot of people where it's just like you're a diehard i'm getting out i hate this but then you're yeah. like reflecting on Maybe it's better to stay in. I got yeah. this and this and this. But yeah. when you have everything already mapped out, it's kind of like, I already know I'm getting out. There is no ends of surplus. I know what I'm doing. So you're not yes. self second guessing yourself. Yeah. Because you, I see that so much. And, it's, mm. and I, I don't blame people that don't have a, have a plan sometimes and they don't elect to get out. Because for one, yeah. it is scary as a civilian being for on sure. your own and, and only having your military career that sometimes doesn't translate as well. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's like a, it's a rude awakening once it comes to the end of the finish line and, mm. and it's not all stars and stripes and rainbows, right? When you're going to get out. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's so true. And and I think like, that's, that's a message I, I try to, you know, put out there is that like, I want people to be prepared for the transition, whether or not they think they're going to get out. I like, I just, I hate to see people get to that point where they have to make the decision. And their their arms kind of twisted because like they weren't prepared for getting out. And the reality of like there's going to be costs associated with it. And like they didn't save up any money. They didn't take any classes to kind of like segue them into a, a new career. And so like, you know, just being in a position where you have the choice, like the, the actual choice and practicality and 
and supporting your family and whoever else you're responsible for. Uh, just making sure that you're at a good place there that, uh, that you can make that choice. So, Oh yes, totally. Definitely. Definitely. And I think like a good, I don't know what it's called for like all the other branches of service, but, Mm -hmm. um, for, I know for the air force it's called tap. It's like to, um, transition assistance program. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't nowhere near getting out, but I decided to go to it in, I think 2020 or two years ago, I decided to go or a year ago. And right there, they tell you a lot of stuff because a lot of people who um, run the TAP um, program are prior enlisted. So they tell you all the stuff that you didn't know. And some of it's like a rude awakening. And it's Mm. kind of it it, it could be nervous. I felt nervous there with all the information they were like unloading on me and I wasn't even getting out. So I could imagine the people that were going to get out and waited the last minute to go to that. Yeah. So like I would suggest going to that like almost every year if you can, because there's yeah. so much stuff always updating with the military that they're mm. they're going to be the first person to know anything that changed or what's still active. And yeah. it's just good to go every year. Just not that you're going to get out. So you understand what you're getting into when you're getting out in terms of losing your your benefits and stuff yeah. like that and what to activate and what route you want to do. So it's good to kind of go to that every year, I would yeah. say. Totally agree. I don't know if every because I'm trying to think like in the Marine Corps. I don't think everybody has the opportunity to go like every year. Like you get to go once before you get out Oh, okay. um, to be able to go once every year, dude, that, that'd be crazy. <laughs> cause it's like a week long, yeah. it's a week long seminar, isn't it? They, they changed it. Cause last time I went it went from being a week long to three days to where the last two days are kind of, um, if you want to go voluntarily to kind of help more with like the job gotcha. fair, um, resume building and mm. internship and like internship or entrepreneur route, they kind of, um, reserve those last two days for that but since all this stuff happened with the pandemic mm. i think they just made it um through zoom and it's like two days now so oh, i don't know wow. how they i don't know how they crunch all the information two days yeah yeah i mean it's just, uh, it's just man via zoom like i remember there were people in my class that like they literally slept through it like they just didn't they <laughs> didn't pay attention at all and i'm like oh my goodness man like this guy these people are like handing you like the golden ticket you know and you're just sleeping so i can't imagine you know how many more people are sleeping via zoom <laughs> you know like they just like roll yeah. over in their bed turn on their you know computer and oh gosh yeah it's it's definitely something of... to take seriously <laughs> yeah def- it is it is and i that's why i said if you have the chance go more than once, cause I felt that even going from those three days, like it was just too much information for mm. me to just yeah. like really grasp. I was like, Oh my gosh, trying to take notes and highlight yeah. this and get pit forms. I was like how to activate certain benefits you get when you get out. It's just a lot of information. And it's, that's yeah. why I recommend going more than once. And I've seen um, some of my supervision in there and they told me, yeah, this is my fourth time going. Because it's just so much information. And if you want to take advantage of all of them, it's wow. kind of better to to keep going and stay up to date, like I said, with the different changes. Because uh, from what I was hearing, like a lot of stuff you got to apply for, like say 180 days out, if you want to apply for this program, this day, like, okay, you have to apply five months out, this and this. And like most mm-hmm. of people there are already like getting out in a month or two, so they don't even qualify for them. Yeah. So I was like, oh, you, so there, that's why it's so important to go as yeah. much as you can as early so you have the dates. Yeah. 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 Like skill bridge or, or, um, or CSP, uh, career something. I, I forget what CSP stands for, uh, career skills program or something. Yeah. Like these, Thank these you, opportunities yeah. where you can use like the last six months of your contract to basically mm-hmm. like go do an internship or like go do something else, you know? 
Um, yeah. And so, yeah, if you're if you're late to the party on the on the taps class, you're gonna miss miss some good stuff. Yes, yes. So, or some people trying to <laughs> trying to go in like the last month and report uh, all these injuries for disability, like uh, their neck, yeah. their back. I'm like, yeah. dog, you've been working in maintenance for the past five years, and you want to go the last month yeah. before you get out. Like, you should have been documenting this like throughout your career. Yeah. Like, it seems a little sketch, like trying to say your back hurts a month before you get out. Like, even if I was a doctor, I'd be like, uh, I kind of believe it, but yeah, uh, I don't know about all this. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Uh, you, you mentioned also that you, you bought a house in Vegas and you're renting out your rooms. Yes. Yes. So I, you, oh, go ahead. No, go, go, go ahead. Oh yeah. I was going to say like, well, before I came in, like I said, I already had like the goal to, um, buy a house because I already did like the research and my sister had already used it to buy her house. So mm-hmm. I was kind of familiar with trying to use the VA loan. So cool. even before, once I found out I was going to get stationed in, in, at Nellis and I was at tech school going from Shepherd to Florida, I was already looking at houses. Mm. I was already looking at houses. I knew I wasn't going to be able to move yet, but I was like, I want to find something. I want to look early because I know the process can be lengthy. Yeah. So I had been looking probably like seven, eight months before I bought my house. And then right when I found one, I just went and talked to um, our first shirt. Um, mm. And I just pretty much told them, like, I was like, look, sir, this is what I, what I found. I'm going to be buying a house. So they got me out of the dorms immediately for that. Wow, dude. I mean, you're at, you were like what, 20, 21 at this time frame when you're like, you're making no, like, I was a lot older. I joined late. I joined late. I was like 25. Oh, I okay. 25. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was guesstimating based off you saying a junior. So, but you did say you took the slower route. Okay. So, yeah. but even like 25, 25 and you're, you have a lot of forethought into like, okay, like I want this, I want this, I want this. I'm doing the homework. I'm doing the research. I'm taking the steps, you know, the action steps to actually make it happen. And so, yeah. You know, like I've had other people on talking about house hacking. Like my my wife and I are doing a house hack with a duplex, and like the other oh, guy nice. was doing it with a fourplex. And, but like, <laughs> even with you know a single family, I assume being able to rent out you know extra bedrooms um, and bringing your costs of living like way way down because you're renting those bedrooms out is you know like enabling yeah. you to stack more and more money, you know, yeah, <laughs> and, it's and ridiculous. prepare yourself that much more for that transition. Yes. It's, it's ridiculous how much you could save up just by writing out your rooms. And the thing is being in the military, there's always like, um, junior enlisted, always looking for housing, always trying to get out mm-hmm. of the dorms and they don't want to make that leap to buy a house, yeah. but they've never lived on their own. So they don't know what to do in terms of down payment, mm-hmm. Uh, how to how to start electricity water and all that they just think yeah. it comes bundled in with the house and it's like no <laughs> dog it's, this isn't the sims where everything's just paid with, <laughs> in one payment so yeah. they just rather just be like you know what i just want to pay you mm. rent me a room all right so i mean for me it was i was really fortunate because when i bought and at the time like i got roommates in pretty quick yeah and then it just allowed me to start saving up. And a lot of the money that I saved up, I either used it for investments or mm-hmm. for um, just saving up for school nice. and, tra- and travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and travel so too. you're not going out to buy the latest like Dodge Charger or something like that? No, heck no. I still got my 2006 Mustang. Everyone gives me uh, grief about it at work. I'm like, hey, dog, it's an A to B car. It does its job. Yeah. And I don't, I don't have no car payment. All I do is pay my insurance and I'm nice. fine. I'm not nice. trying to have a three, $400 car payments. I'd rather use that extra three, $400 to travel. Yeah. Oh man. Totally agree. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. People like to 
jump on the the car you know opportunity but yeah. it's it's a it's a sinkhole so every everyone in my house has a better car than me <laughs> keep it that way man keep it that way do, do you work with the guys you rent to or are they just you know craigslist ads no um there i work with all of them like oh, um, one of them yeah. one of them was actually from the tech school with me so he's been here five years too and then other guys from the shop he's been here like two years and then one of the they moved me to a different shop so uh, one of the newer airmen just got out of the dorms and moved in with me so i work with all of them and like i said for people looking to buy a house it's uh, it's pretty easy to find people because they're all people that they're younger airmen that moved just moved from their parents house and they're living in the dorm so this is the first time they're actually moving off base to live on their own. So it's much easier for them to move with the familiar face that they could trust mm-hmm. opposed to just paying a thousand dollars for their own apartment and not knowing how to manage their money. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the house hack is just like, dude, oh, it's, a, it's a sweet deal. It's a sweet deal. Yeah. Good for you, man. Uh, what do you feel like? I mean, you know, you've used the VA loan, you've used TA, you've used the GI bill, like you're taking advantage of, you know, taps, like of all the programs and opportunities that you've taken advantage of and know about, like, what's the one that you've been most excited about and would like encourage other people to make sure they're taking advantage of? Um, Probably the most, I would say it would be the school benefits. It would have to Mm -hmm. be the the TA definitely. And, and activating your FAFSA at the same time. Like as soon as you start, at least just apply for it. Like you never know. Like I've had people I've encouraged to apply for it. Like Mm -hmm. I think four out of the five got it and they didn't even know they were going to be able to get it because either some of them had a wife and kids or they were Mm. um, off base, but they ended up getting awarded something. And it's like, they're able to use that for not just school, but like, some of them have used it to for vacation <laughs> or to like <laughs> buy laptops or, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's like yeah. maximizing that TA. Cause like, especially for not all career fields get a bonus. Mm. And like, yeah. for me, I kind of seen it as, well, if I'm not getting a bonus, I'm getting a free four to $5,000 a year. If I yeah. use that, that's an extra twenty thirty thousand dollar bonus. I'm technically getting cause people that are in or are looking to join, they'll realize a lot of people don't use that extra five, $4,000 a year. So it just pretty much goes back to the government. Yeah. And so for me, I try to optimize that. And since I've been in and been allowed to use it, mm. I've used like maybe over, over $20,000 in TA. Nice. Yeah. Dude. And that's, that's huge. Like, so, you know, so many people in the military complain about how they don't make any money, which is like kind of a crock to begin with considering like expenses should be super low. But, you know, if they if they want to get more value out of it, you know, four thousand dollars a year in T.A. plus, you know, if you're going full time using Pell Grant, like I think it's twenty eight hundred a semester if you're maxing it out, you know, so like it's something like that. Yeah, we're talking like a ten thousand dollar raise or bonus right there every year if you're taking classes and like working towards something that's only going to better you, you know? Yes. Yes, Um, exactly. So I I totally, I totally agree. And for me, what I kind of found from from going to a private institution and a public was that private institutions, say like National University of Phoenix mm-hmm. and all these, they're a lot more, they're a lot better structured for like the working adult because you're mm-hmm. taking like either one class at a time for one to two weeks. And then at yeah. the end of the semester, it equates to full time. So you're going to get mm-hmm. a max FAFSA, like a public university 
it's not so much favor to the working adult because like me, I have to take two to three classes at the same time to still yeah. qualify yeah. for a certain amount of say FAFSA. So like for my undergraduate, I was taking a class a month. So I yeah. was like blazing, taking like like 12 classes a year, but mm-hmm. I was getting max FAFSA every time, but it allowed me to narrow in and take one class instead of trying to juggle two and worry about having to pay my TA back if I failed mm-hmm. the class. Mm-hmm. True, true, true. What, how do you feel about, you know, because you bring that up, like the school type, like what kind of weight do you put on your school selection? And, you know, like, you know, I've heard weird things about like Phoenix University or whatever. <laughs> and like, you know, there, there are those kind of sketchy ones, I feel like, that are like trying to like just take your government money type thing. Um, yeah. I mean, where, where's your position on that and kind of recommendation for people who are trying to figure out like what school should I actually go to? For me, I kind of see it as um, speaking to the people that are actually doing the job itself. Because mm-hmm. for me, I wouldn't want to feel stupid to go to, a, say, USC, a yeah. school that cost me $100,000, but I'm still only getting paid sixty, opposed to this social worker who went to University of Phoenix, paid 20000 and they're the mm-hmm. director. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. I kind of spoke with one of the officers as a social worker, and they pretty much told me, they were like, to be honest with you, it's nice to go to all these big schools, well-named, but she was like, I looked for a graduate school that had no, um, what is it called? No GRE that mm. was cheap and that was accredited. Mm. So that's what I did. I looked for something that, that was financially, it fit my budget, something yeah. that was um, regionally accredited. Yeah. And it was just conducive to my work schedule. And I was, I was lucky enough to find that because that's yeah. why I didn't. That's another reason why I didn't wait till I got out. Because I was like, it looked nice on my resume to have all this, but is this going to guarantee me more pay? Mm. And it was, the answer was no, like by commission, I'm going to get paid the same. Yeah. But if true. I start now, I'm going to start to get paid as an officer earlier. True. 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 Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, there's uh that Netflix uh, show on the, the admission scandal and basically how talking about like these big name schools, like a lot of it's just branding, you know, like that yes. you're paying for the brand, like buying freaking Gucci yeah. or something like that, you know? <laughs> and exactly. so like, like, yeah, you're getting involved in a network of other people within that brand. But at the end of the day, you can still like get a good job and get a job and then kind of grow where mm-hmm. you want to grow, uh, even by yes. going to state school or something like that, you know? So, um, I think I, the, the yeah. branding comes more into play with your degree. Like if you were going to go to law school or business, you might have to have that kind of degree because that's how they only allow other people in to be prestigious Mm -hmm. at an Ivy League. But when you're going to more medical or something that's more broad and requires licensure, I don't think branding really matters. It depends what organization you're trying to work with. Mm -hmm. But like if you come in with a Harvard degree and a a University of Phoenix and they're both accredited, you're going to get paid the same as an officer. But if Mm -hmm. you're trying to work in like a private, private sector, or something yeah. like that, and you're trying to get in with a certain law firm or something like that, then that degree might make a difference. So it just depends what you want to do with your career. Yeah, totally true. Totally true. Yeah, I mean, if the ultimate goal is a commission, then it's like, you know, the yeah. military, it, commission's a commission, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Other than like the pissing contest that, that officers get into about like, oh, where'd you go to school? Like, what'd you study? Uh, other than that, it doesn't really matter, <laughs> you know. Yeah, as, as long as you can pre- perform in the field with what you went to school yeah. for, that's really what matters. Because, like I said, it's, <laughs> you don't want to have this. I wouldn't want, like, I wouldn't want to have this prestigious degree and, and then feel that I overpaid when I'm working for someone who has a University of Phoenix degree and is yeah. better than me at the job. So it's yeah. more about learning your shit, and knowing what you're doing. 
Good point. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah, dude. I'm I'm stoked. You know, you're dude, I just I love talking to people that I like have their goal. They've had their eyes on it and there's like they're just plugging away at it. Like I know it's gonna take, you know, six, seven, eight years, whatever it's gonna take. And I've I've got this route and I've got this plan to accomplish it. And that's you know, that's how that's how it should be done. Rather than waiting till the end of their military contract to like start their goal, like they could start day one of their military contract, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cause then you're just using more money from your, your nine 11 or Montgomery. It's like, you could have saved all that money by taking these classes. You waited to get out yeah. to take. And it's like, yeah. you could have had some left over to maybe give to your spouse or a significant mm-hmm. other, whoever it may be. Yeah. So that was another thing. And then one other thing just to leave to the, for the viewers, because I just found out because I had just called the VA and I activated my 9-11. What's that? I mm-hmm. guess if you didn't join before the, if you didn't serve before 2011, you can't act. If you activate the Montgomery while you're in, you can't switch back over to the 9-11. Mm-hmm. They told me that if you served after that or you joined after uh, 2011, that you have to stick with whatever you choose. Unless you do another enlistment, then you can swap back to the 9-11 interesting and, the, and they, they almost got me with that and i would have been wow. so mad because i was going to activate the montgomery right now mm. i figured maybe it'll save me a few more months since it's dispersed a little bit differently yeah. but then the rep told me unless you do another enlistment or something like that you can't switch to the 9-11 you would have to forfeit it but yeah. so i would just if you just want to activate it while you're still in and just do one one term that's it and be done with the military i'll say just go with the 9-11 so if you do yeah. decide to get out you still get the housing depending on what university you decided mm-hmm. to go with. Cause if you go to the Montgomery and you go to a school that's really expensive, but the cost of living is cheap, you're kind of screwed. You can't opt for that higher housing. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, man. And so it's like, it, there's just so many nuances in the way, like the programs and the benefits work out that like, there are times that you gotta be careful, you know, <laughs> like not really? that they're trying to like screw you, you know, that's not really the point. It's just government bureaucracy. And so things get complicated. Uh, yeah. so yeah, it's important to do your homework for sure. Yeah. yeah. They're always, they're always changing stuff. So it's good to either just call and check or speak with someone who works in one of the actual mm-hmm. VA or your family readiness that knows stuff. Cause my roommate just went to the, the, like the briefing for like your internship, how you mm-hmm. could do that. And I guess they, he told me that the government's switching it to where it has to be a DOD affiliated program. You can only do your internship at. So you can't just go anywhere and work for my dad, my dad's roofing company or my friends. They're switching it to where it has to be specific. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on to share your story. Um, I've got a couple questions for the closing questions for since you're still in. Um, you know, question number one, based on your experience so far, would you recommend the military to others? I would, I would definitely recommend it to others. It's even if, even if you have no passion for serving or anything, Mm -hmm. it's definitely a boost in life as an adult or advantage. It gives you so much opportunity and just resources to have in your back pocket to use kind of at your disposal. Mm -hmm. And like, it's it's just something I wish I would have done a lot younger, but it's just, I didn't know as much as I did when I did decide to join, but it's definitely worth joining. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. What do you think separates those who are successful in the military versus those who are not? I would say just either planning and just having like a purpose of why you're doing it. Cause mm-hmm. some people, even when they do join just to do something, they just kind of, 
go through it. They just mm-hmm. go through the daily routine of the military. But yeah. the ones that actually have the goals and stuff, they're willing to sacrifice and do the things they don't really want to do. But they know that this is going to get them one step closer to where they want to be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree. What is the most influential book that you've read? Oh, dang. I, read. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let me, I have to think about that. I usually go through different books, but since I'm always having to read textbooks, it's like audio books yeah. as of late, lately. Yeah. 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 I'd have to get back to you on that one. Let me look All at right. it. I have to look at it real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, lastly, do you have a favorite military discount that you take advantage of? Um, favorite military discount? Uh, probably like for like my car insurance house and everything like that, like bundling it with like USAA or Navy fed. Yeah. I think that's one of my favorite ones that I use right now that I could think of. Cool. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I use, uh, I, I've been, I didn't even know, like my wife kept on asking me like why our insurance was so cheap. And I'm like, I don't even know. Like, do we, are we covered? And so I called them once and like, yeah, you've been, uh, been with us for nine years. Like you've never gotten an accident, this, that, and the other thing. So like, you're literally like maxed out on discounts. Like it's almost 50% <laughs> off. And I'm like, Oh, like sweet. Okay. It's like, we're still covered. Yeah. Right. Um, and you know, so that, yeah, USA has been, been, you know, cheap. Who knows if they'll be good when I need to file a claim, but yeah, <laughs> well, hopefully yeah. we, we won't ever have to find that out. Yeah. I would probably say, let me go going back on the book. I'd probably say it's the, the ultimate gym room library. Mm-hmm. I like that book. It's like a compilation of his, his best like um Speeches. teachings cool yeah that's one that i really love the ultimate jim roan yeah it's the ultimate jim roan okay. yeah cool i imagine it is if it's an audiobook it's probably like like it's all him speaking right yeah it's all him speaking himself cool. it's not someone uh, narrating it or anything like that nice that's super cool I'd, yeah i'd probably say i think you touched on this your one of your your last podcasts but I think one of the one of the hidden gem benefits that I have yet to use, but I've always wanted to use, is the is the hopper, the space egg. Yes, dude. That 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 one's money right there, man. Yeah. I just haven't haven't used it. So it's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit complicated during COVID, obviously. But you know, once hopefully all this is behind us, um, yeah. If if you do end up getting out, cutting ties, and you got some terminal leave that you can take advantage of, man. I like highly, highly recommend it. Like max out that terminal leave and just jet around, yeah. you know, it, it's awesome. Getting, yes. Yes. Getting that, uh, that boarding pass, this is $0 on it. It's just like, <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, exactly. And for, if there's new people listening, I would recommend after you get to, I know when you go to like boot camp, tech school, they'll give you like time to go back home or do mm-hmm. whatever. I'd recommend just, I, I mean, this is what really helped helped me was just pocketing those 30 days of leave for the first two years. I didn't take leave. Mm. So like since I've been in, I've always had like 60 or more days of leave. Yeah. And then I just use it at once and just travel to like either like uh, Vietnam or the Philippines and stuff cool. like that and come come back and still already have like 50 something days or whatever. Yeah. So it's good to create that leeway instead of you'll see all your peers like right when they get a chance to leave burning it. And then when they get up to the first base, mm-hmm. they only got like, like 10 days, 15 days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then being like strategic with it with like long weekends, you know? Oh not, yeah. You know, cause if you take it on a, on a Thursday of a three day weekend and then you like go through the whole next week, like you would be off those three days anyways, but you burn yes. three days of leave, you know? 
Um, yes, exactly. That's what I'm doing now, actually. <laughs> there you go, man. There you go. We, we got a four day weekend and then I got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off. So I got like 10 days. Nice. Nice. That was something that surprised me when I joined and took leave the first time. I was like, wait, why does a weekend count against me? You know, and it's because yeah, like, you're in the military 24 seven, I guess. And so um, they 30, can call you. Yeah. yeah like you're always like on call, I guess. You know, it's it's kind of, you know, I get it in one sense. In our sense, it's like. 30 days ain't really 30 days if you do that, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think I remember one time where I don't even know how I pulled it off looking back on it, but it was like around Thanksgiving. Mm. I had took like 20 days of leave and then my leave ended on Thanksgiving. So I, then I had that extra like five or whatever days they give you for Thanksgiving. And then right after Thanksgiving, I started rap. So mm. I took like 40 something days of leave. It only used like 20. Wow. <laughs> Wow. I don't know how I did it, but people were like, how the heck did they let you use that? You need command <laughs> approval to use that. I was like, at the time, I didn't know. I My supervision said, hey, if it works, you're good to go. So I, I bundled all that and was like gone for yeah. a, over a month. Wow. Yeah. Don't ask too many questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, Nick, thanks so much for coming on, sharing your story. For uh, for anybody that wants to like connect with you and maybe try to like pick your brain about like how you're you're playing this whole education game and making it happen for you where can people find you uh yeah i think the best way to contact me is on instagram uh my handle is gonzo underscore 30 awesome awesome i'll make sure it's linked in the description below and uh yeah man you're 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 definitely like playing the game the right way and you know you're making sure that you're you're prepared for that transition, whether you're, you get out, stay in the guard, whatever, like you're, you're making the right moves. Uh, and so like, that's what I want to see everybody do is make sure that they are prepared for whatever route they take of that fork on the road, um, mm-hmm. just to use the time that they're in wisely preparing for that. So I appreciate yeah, definitely. you. I appreciate you sharing that experience and sharing that wisdom. Yeah, no problem. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, we'll stay in touch and, uh, I look forward to seeing how the, you, how your career goes moving forward. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in. I really hope you were inspired by Nick's story. And I mean, I get really excited about it because, you know, I, Nick is just, he's hes in the military, he's serving his country, and he's bettering himself simultaneously. Not only is he bettering himself in his military career, but he's bettering himself in his civilian pursuits and his civilian career that he's going to have. Like, without a doubt, he's going to accomplish his goals because he's putting in the work right now daily. And so I just really want to encourage you guys that no matter if you're working 10, 12, 14 hours a day, there's always going to be a form of class, a form of growth that you can be pursuing and taking advantage of while in the military, whether it be tuition assistance or the cool programs or any version of that. I just really want to encourage you to, to, not sleep on the programs and benefits that are available to you now while you're active duty because that day is going to come when you have to choose between getting out or staying in and i just don't want anybody to stay in just because they don't feel prepared to get out and so definitely take advantage of those opportunities i've got videos on youtube in regards to this on how to go to school on active duty and make the most out of that opportunity so don't sleep on the youtube channel Go check out Military Bottom Line on YouTube, and I will see you guys next week. I hope you're all doing well. Peace.